Is that right, Terry? Everybody hear me okay? <laughs> uh, well, <clears throat> I had a bit of a interrupted preparation time, to say the least. Uh, my wife is a bit ill, uh, and if you know me, you know that I'm a bit useless on my own. So, uh, and I've got three kids who are ready to exploit that at every turn. <laughs> um, but really, I want to talk about partnership this morning. Um, uh, and just, you know, Gemma's my partner, uh, but in this church, we are, we are partners together. Uh, and God is calling us uh, to partner with each other uh, and to, <clears throat> to strengthen each other. Uh, one of the most amazing things about the church um, is the people in the church. Uh, one of the most difficult things about the church is uh, the people in the church. <laughs> but God has caused us to come together, hasn't he? He's caused us to be together and we're different. Uh, and, um, and that's great. Uh, and God, um, the, the most wonderful thing about the church is we're together uh, and, and, and God unifies us. And he gives us unity as a church and as a people to support one another, to encourage one another, to lift each other up, to pray for each other uh, and, and to be there for each other practically. Um, and God does that. And the Bible talks about that. That's how you'll recognise God. Uh, you'll see it in the love that the church has for each other. Uh, so when we love each other, all, all we're doing is, is showing God uh, to those who are around us. Uh, so don't be afraid to, um, to, to love others in the church, even when it's tough. Uh, and, and just know that you are getting more out of it than you think you're getting out of it. That's, that's, that's what I know about church. You can, you can think, oh, I'm so dry and I'm struggling so much and I'm giving so much. But the one thing that you, you need to remember is, is God is, is giving you more through the church than you're giving the church to every single member, whether you're the leader or you just turned up today. Uh, I want to encourage you with that, um, that the church is a real blessing for your life. Don't underestimate it. Okay, now I'm talking about partnership. Um, now, it's a bit of a funny word, partnership, isn't it? And it's got all sorts of connotations these days. But um, all I want to talk about is, is this sense of um, being in partnership is, you know, just think about a handshake almost. You know, you're working with someone. Um, you're helping them. And they're helping you. So if it was business, that's how it'd work. You scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. We're on the same page. We have the same understanding. Um, but partnership means a little bit more than that, uh, particularly in, in our context. Um, it means relationship as well as business. Uh, I don't know if that makes sense. But the word partnership is... Uh, if You can't have a partnership without having a relationship. Uh, and there's all different types of relationships. There's very, very close ones. There's not so close ones. Um, but you can't not have a relationship and be in partnership. And, and so as a church, we are commanded to be in relationship with one another uh, and to be in partnership with one another. Um, uh, now, the, the best example of how this works um, is, 
is God. Uh, God is the best partnership. What's he on about? Um, uh, well, if you think about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are, are one. And they work together in perf- perfect unison. Um, uh, and they agree on everything. And they submit to each other on all things. Um, and it works perfectly. Uh, and that's our example of how we should be with one another. Um, so so w- what we see is uh, God, God creates the Son. The son. Um, God um, loves the Son. Uh, the Son loves the Father. Uh, and the Son, Jesus Christ, what does he say? I'm doing my own thing. Watch me. What he says is, I only do what I see the Father doing. And so you see in this partnership, there's, there's perfect unity. Uh, and he's only doing what, what the Father is telling him to do. Uh, and then we see it was our Holy Spirit. Uh, and what does the Holy Spirit do? The sole purpose of the Holy Spirit is to lift up the Son. And in turn, God says, I'll glorify the Son above all. And so it's going around in a circle of perfect unity. Uh, and, and this is, but what you see in there is this sense of submission in Jesus to God. Uh, and you see this sense of putting others before yourself in the Holy Spirit towards Jesus. My purpose isn't about me, my purpose is about lifting up Jesus. Uh, and, and, it, and it's so perfect, it's almost too perfect for us to attain in some weird way. But it's there, the perfect example. Um, <clears throat> and I want to talk about following a little bit later on. Um, I want to talk about being a first follower. Um, and uh, and, and what, what we'll understand is that Jesus was the first real, true, 100% follower of God everyone else followed a bit <laughs> but Jesus was the first true follower uh, and, uh, and in that they were partners and God and this is the wonderful thing about partnership um, partnership is not slavery partnership is not forced does that make sense? you, you know um, Jesus says, I only do what I see the Father doing. But he didn't say the Father's forcing me to do it. You know, there's a choice. Uh, And in partnership, we we have to choose to submit to each other. That's really tough. We have to choose to put other people in front of ourselves. That's really tough too. Especially when you've had a hard, long day. You know? Or someone really isn't pulling their weight. Okay, I just uh, I'm going to go through just what what does the Bible say? I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to use about I think seven or eight verses to just try and illustrate uh, what God's heart is for us as a church and as individuals and how He wants us to think and be. So I've got a PowerPoint presentation. I've got a little stick to do it as well. Oh. 
So if you want to turn to it in your Bible, you can. The first one, now I've used lots of different versions of the Bible because some really hit the point that I wanted to make in a, in a more punchy way. Um, so Ecclesiastes 4, verses 9 to 12, says this. Oh, can, I, can I do it now, Terry? Oh. It says this. Two are better than one. Uh, because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to, to him who is alone when he falls and has no, no other to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can you keep warm alone? Okay? Now what I'm not talking about is going and getting in someone else's sleeping bag at Rora in a couple of weeks' time. Okay? I'm not talking about that. Um, <clears throat> but you see this sense of God has made us. He himself is, is three. Uh, he himself is in relationship. He himself is in partnership. And he has made us for that purpose too. He has made us for relationship. He has made us to be with each other. Um, and, um, and you sort of know that. You try and carry a washing machine on your own. Or how about this? Try and carry half a washing machine on your own. Um, is that easier than carrying a whole washing machine with two of you? It's easier to carry a whole washing machine with two of you because that balance, you help each other. You know, and it's actually easier. And, and there's a sense where, where God has made that on purpose because he loves relationship. Uh, and, and there's so much joy in relationship. There's heartache in relationship too, but there's so much joy. Uh, and, and you know the saying, it's better to have loved and lost than not to have loved at all. Uh, and there is that sense in God where he's made you for relationship. Uh, and certain things can happen in our lives which can um, shut us down from that. Does that make sense? You know, I think we can get hurt in relationship. And you know what, we can, we, we can, we can just put up a bit of a wall. Does that make sense? And so I'm not, opening, I'm not opening up again. I'm not willing to be hurt again. Uh, and one of the wonderful things about God is he can bring us out of that place um, through his love, through his softening, uh, through his Holy Spirit, he can soften our hard hearts and those barriers that we've put up to, uh, to um, allow relationships to blossom again in our lives. Uh, and I want to tell you this morning that um, if that's where you're up to, God can set you free. Uh, and he doesn't have to crack your hard layers that, uh, in a painful way. You know, the God that I know melts you <laughs> slowly over time as you allow him. You know, and you don't have to be scared of opening up to him because he loves you so much uh, and he's got the best for you. Okay? Uh, and and I, just, I just want to say, if, you, if, if that's you this morning... And you're like, I have been hurt, uh, and I do find it hard to, to really make that step to connect with people again. Uh, I'd love you to come and we'll pray for you after the meeting that God will open your life up uh, uh, and provide you with the strength uh, to move forward in that area. Okay, next Bible verse. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25.
And let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And the bit that really stood out to to, to me here was, stir up one another to love and good works. How often do you think about that? Well, do you know what? I'm just, I'm going to make, I'm, I'm going to make a conscious effort to stir up my brothers and sisters. I know so and so is really, you know, they're thinking about doing something for the Lord. I'm just really going to get behind them. I'm really going to tell them, you know, to go and do all that's in their heart. Um, I, I'm going to encourage them, and I'm going to be there for them. It's not about me. It's about what God's doing in them. Uh, and I think sometimes we've got to make that conscious effort. You know, some people are naturally encouraging. Some people are not naturally encouraging. But the reality is we're called to stir one another up. So we have to focus on that. Uh, Philippians 1.27 Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. So whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. Now what I love about this, I highlighted with one mind striving side by side. Um, It's such a a strong phrase for the church. You know, we are not all little islands doing our own little thing. Well, this is my ministry. No, this is the Lord's ministry and we're partnering together in it. Amen? You know, stand side by side. You know what? When someone stands side by side with you, oh, what a difference it makes. You know, the hardest times are the times where you're on your own. They're They're the toughest moments. When you feel like nobody understands what you're going through. Like you're not going to get, you know, you just, you need someone to talk to and there isn't anyone. There's no one who understands you. They're the moments where you, you, you know, emotionally and you can fall off a cliff, you know. Uh, and yet the Lord is saying, stand start side by side. And, and we must make sure that we do that. Uh, it says with one mind, striving. You know, sometimes there's a sense where that's not going to come naturally. To be of one mind as a people. You know, because I've got my ideas, and Pete's got his ideas, and maybe we don't have the same ideas. And you know, it's really easy to say, say this, and you know, this happens so much. Well, you do what you want to do, and I'll do what I want to do. Okay? And when you fail, you can come and help me. You know, we can think like that, or we can just say, I just, look, I just need to be getting on with what I'm doing. Uh, and I really feel that the Lord is saying that our church needs to not be like that. I don't think we have a particular problem with it, but I'm just highlighting it today to say, in your heart, are you standing side by side? Are you supporting others in what they're doing? Do you even know what other people are doing? You know, the only way you're going to find that out is... It, to, to be one mind with other people is to, to, to really get to know them. And it comes back to that word relationship. God is asking us to be in relationship with each other. How are you going to know if someone else is struggling and they need you to stand by their side if you don't even know what's going on in their life? 
I'm not, I'm not saying let's be busybodies, but I am saying genuinely care about someone. Go put yourself out, you know, and, and, and see what the Lord will do. How about this? Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. You know, um, when I think about sports, um, you know, sometimes you need a little bit of teammates around you, playing the same game as you, um, working with you. You don't get better at tackling unless you get in there and do some tackling with your teammates and, and you train together. And as you train together, you get faster. And as you train together, you get stronger. Uh, and, and as your teammates say, what are you doing over there? You need to be over here. And you say, oh, what are you on about? And then you think, oh, maybe I do. And, and then you get better at tactics and you understand what you're doing more. Uh, and that's just football. But what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the church and, and, our, and our lives together and our ministries and, and, and growing as Christians. If we want to grow as Christians, we've got other people around us who maybe already had to do that growth and go through that that, that pain of learning that lesson. Why not learn, just learn it straight from them and not go through the pain? <laughs> Amen? And that's where um, I, I really believe as, as um, older people in the church, um, and, and it might be that you're older, you're, you're, you're 20, but you're older than the people who are 15. It might be that you're 60 and you're older than the people who are 40, uh, and older in the Lord, and, and you... I can see where that, I can I can see the path. I'm going to make a really big effort to put myself out to share with that person, you know, because it's really easy to go. Oh, I can see that mistake they're going to make there, but I'm not going to say anything because they might not want to listen. Or, you know, well they they've made their bed, they can lie in it. <laughs> that will teach them. They'll learn the lesson that way. Well, how about we just get down there with them, side by side, and, uh, and support them, you know? And that's, that's what the Lord is calling us to. And you know what? As other, other people around see that, and as people come into our church, uh, and they're on the edges of our church, and they start to experience that side by side feeling, they're going to say there's something in this. These people aren't like the other people that I know. They're not all about themselves. Is there something here? Now this one, this is, uh, this is a fantastic verse. Uh, John 15, 13. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. That, that's a big verse. There's no greater love than to lay down your life for your friends. Um, <clears throat> you know, we've got friends um, all, all of us have friends at, at some level. Um, but are we laying our lives down for them? Honestly. You know, some of us wouldn't lend them a tenner, you know, let alone lay down our lives. <laughs> Maybe you would, you know, I'm not judging you. Um, Tim certainly lent me a lot of tenors over time. <laughs> I'll pay him back in fivers. <laughs> But do you, know that, do you know that sort of sense that says, look, I'm all in for you? You know, not, I'm all in up to a level. I'm your friend up, up until it starts costing me something, and then that's where I'll stop. You know, because the Lord Jesus isn't like that, is he? 
Jesus says, I'm your friend and it will cost me everything. Even if you're not my friend, I'll still die for you. You know, this, this is the love of Jesus Christ and, and he wants to put that in our hearts uh, and it starts in the church and with your friends. Maybe your friends at work. Maybe your, your friends in the playground, the other mums, or whoever it is. Are, are you willing to, to say, look, this isn't about me? You know, this is the wonderful point that I've realised um, through the things that Jesus says and the things that he does. You, you realise it's not all about him. His life wasn't about him. I mean, he, he, he's almost a cent, he's the centre of life, isn't he? But his life wasn't about him. He was about doing what God wanted. He was about helping others. He was about dying for others. Um, and it's a challenge. That is a challenge to every single one of us. We can read that. We can know that. Uh, but to live that every day is tough. And you might say, you might say this, you might say, um, do you know what? Uh, you know, if, if someone came in here with a gun and they were going to mow down my friends, you know, I would uh, stand in front of them and take the bullet. And, you know, then I'd be laying down my life for my friends. But do you know what? That is great, but the reality is significantly harder than that. Okay? The reality is, um, you know, the reality is someone needs to take the bins out and you can ignore it and let them do it or you can do it yourself. You know, the reality is um, someone needs to discipline the children and be the bad guy. You can do it. Or you can say, Mummy said you're not allowed to do that. Why don't you go and speak to Mummy? <laughs> but don't tell her I said. <laughs> you know? There's a sense where, where laying down your life for your friends um, it is a daily thing. It, it's something that the Lord is, is asking you on a day-to-day -day basis. Will you not do what's best for you? Will you do what's best for others? Will you, will you not put yourself first? Now this is the same verse. I've just done it twice in different versions because I, I really liked... I've never heard of the ICB version, but um, <clears throat> I really like the way it phrased that. Romans 12, verse 16. Live together in peace with each other. Do not be proud, but make friends with those who seem unimportant. How about that? You know? It doesn't say invest in those who have got loads of potential. It doesn't say that. And make friends with those who seem unimportant. We invest in people who, who nobody else wants to. Or you can't get anything out of it. How about that? We invest in people where you don't get anything out of it. Have the same concern for everyone. Do not be proud, but accept humble duties. Are you willing to do that in the church? You know, There's lots of jobs. Who wants the humble ones? You know, I was very, very proud of our church a few years ago when we were at MLG and um, this is uh, the, the camp that we go to and uh, all the churches had to, um, were asked if they would volunteer some people to clean the toilets. 
You know, it's not the glamorous job. It's not the stage job. It's not the glory job. Uh, and you know what? They didn't have enough teams, but from our church, they had two teams. Amen? And you just thought, that's where we want to be, serving others, um, putting others before ourselves, you know? Um, and this one, this is the, the message version. You have to thank Mark for this, but I just love this. Um, I love the way this is written and uh, it was about twice as long as all the other versions, but I, I really love it. Philippians 2, 3, agree with each other, love each other, be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Amen? There, there, that, there's no mincing about there, is there? But it's wonderful. Be deep-spirited friends. Do you have those relationships? You know, um, it's wonderful when you can really share how you're really feeling. And you know that your friends are not judging you one single bit. You know, you're a total mess up. It just doesn't matter one bit. They love you just the same. You know, and it's wonderful when your friends will tell you the actual truth. You know, not... not um, not in a mean way, but it's wonderful when you've got people around you who are just willing to say what it's really like and what they think you really need to do. Uh, and God is, is, is causing us and asking us to go, be in those type of relationships with each other. And I want you to just think for a moment, do I honestly have that? You know, do I have that with one person? Do I have that with a few people? I'm not saying enter into a deep relationship with every Tom, Dick and Harry you meet because that can be dangerous. You know, you do need to, to be wise in who you open up to. But as a church, you should be looking around going, is there people that I can really open up to? And if, if, if the answer to that question is yes, fantastic. If the answer to that question is, I'd like to, but I just don't know anyone, well, come and see us afterwards and, and we, can, we, can, we can definitely find someone or you know that, that we feel we really connect with if the answer is I don't open up to anybody really I'm not really willing to tell anybody what I really feel I just want you to consider there's more in God than where you're up to God has more for you uh, God can heal you God can set you free uh, and he wants to use other Christians as part of that process. Uh, other brothers and sisters, he wants to use them as part of that process. And the other side is, he wants to use you in other people's lives. Which means that you can't run and hide all the time when other people are struggling. It means you've got to get involved. You've got to get your hands dirty in other people's lives, which isn't easy, especially if they turn on you a little bit at times. You know, it's hard to be humble and say, you know, I'll let that go. Um, <clears throat> but this is the secret, really. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Now, you know, it's actually, you can't forget yourself totally because otherwise you might 
you, you might forget to change clothes or something like that, you know. Um, I'm not saying it's not possible to completely forget yourself, and I don't think that's right either. But there is a sense where you have to deliberately say to yourself, today, you know what, I'm going to focus on others. Today, do you know what, I'm, I'm looking at so-and-so and I can see how um, they need help, but I've got other jobs to do. Oh, wait a minute. You know, let's put myself down. It's going to cost you. It always costs something uh, to be like Jesus. Because it costs Jesus everything. So if you're going to be like him, it's going to cost you something. Um, but don't be afraid of that cost. The Lord will pay you back tenfold, hundredfold. Amen? Right, that's the end of my Bible verses. How am I doing, Terry? Uh, okay. Now, th- this is something that I thought about. Uh, I thought about a lot. Where, where is the point uh, where God can really get glory from your life? Where is the glory in your life? Uh, where is the joy in your life? What point does the joy come in, really? Uh, and this is, where, where is the impact that your life has as well? Where is the impact that your life has? I'm not saying where is the hard work that your life has, but where is the impact? Where is the inter- eternal impact in your life? Uh, and this is my conclusion. It's at the place... Sorry, I wrote it down, I wrote it down. It all comes from one place. It's at the end of yourself and your plans. And this is the start of God and his plans. And until you get to the end of yourself and your plans, that joy is going to be hard to come by. That impact that your life can have on others, it's going to be really hard to come by. Because it, it comes when you submit your heart to the Lord and you say, Lord, well, what would you want me to do? What's your plan today? Who do you want me to help? And when you put yourself in that position, you'll make an int- eternal impact. That, those, those things that you do for the Lord can never be undone. Not in his eyes. It might feel like you put a load of effort and it was absolutely futile. Nothing came of it. But the reality is, the reality is that what you do for the Lord, the, the Lord asks you to do, if you can't see the results today, that doesn't mean that God isn't going to use it. God has used things that um, uh, people have said 20 years later. It was just a little spark in someone's heart. I've said things to people that was a throwaway comment. I'm just trying to love that person. Uh, and they came back to me and said, that was what God was saying to me at that moment. I thought, oh, I didn't realise. I was just trying to love you. You know? Uh, and, and isn't that fantastic? If that person never came back to me, it would still be the word of the Lord, but I wouldn't have known about it. You know? And that's when we're in partnership. Isn't it fantastic? When we're in partnership with, some, with, with people and they come back and they share all that God is doing. Doesn't that really light you up as a person? Okay. Now, 
We had that, that verse earlier, there's no greater love uh, than to lay your life down for your friends. Um, <clears throat> now, it almost requires a, a, a level of commitment there. <laughs> lay your life down for your friends. You know, There's a level of commitment there that is not results-based. Does that make sense? Well, if you do this for me, and I'll do that for you. You know? That's, that's not what the Lord is asking of us. He's saying, well, you lay your life down regardless of the results. You know, we're in such a culture now that, that if you don't get the results that you want, you change. Right? If you go on a web page and it doesn't load up in four seconds, what do you do? I'll Google, another th- I'll Google it again and I'll go on a different link. You know? We're in a results-based culture. If I don't get the service level that I require, I will change providers. That is our default position. If this relationship isn't working out, I'll go and get another relationship. That, that's, that's how the world thinks about relationships these days. You've got to do what pleases you. You've got to do whatever makes you happy. If you're not happy, maybe you need to get out. That's not what the Lord's saying. He's saying lay down your life. He's saying lay down your life. That's totally different. And it requires a level of relationship with people that says, I'm going to love you no matter what happens. How about that? I'm going to love you even when you change. My love for you is not going to change. When you go for a hard patch, my love for you is not going to change. When you ignore my text for a week, my love for you is not going to change. When you don't pay that money back that you owe me, my love for you is not going to change. Amen? Right, I've got a little video I'm going to show. Okay, and this this little video really um, illustrates how in some ways, I think we can think a lot about um, what we're going to do. How I'm going to go and do this for God. And I'm going to go and do that for God. And uh, I'm going to be the leader and, and I'm doing what I'm doing. But the Lord is asking us, he's saying to us, will you get behind others? Will you support others in the church? Will you support others in your community? Um, so I'm going to show a little video. Terry, have you got that? Uh, and then we'll have a little chat about it afterwards. So essentially, you had one guy, and he was up there, and he was having a good time. And he was like, come on, everybody, let's get up and dance. Uh, and and uh, if nobody joined in, I think the point was, he's just a lone nut on his own. Okay? Uh, and really, without that first follower, he's just a nut job. Okay? Uh, and there may be people in this church who, who, who God has given them something to do. Okay? God has given them something to do. Um, and they need first followers. They need people to get behind them. Okay? Will you lay down your life for your friends? That's a big challenge, isn't it? Do you have to be the leader? 
Do you have to be doing what you want to do? Or are you willing to say, okay, I can see it. I can see what the Lord's doing. I'm going to get behind it. I know it's going to cost me, but I'm willing to be that first follower. I'm, be, I'm willing to be that other one who gets up and looks really silly and isn't even the leader. <laughs> I'm just going to look silly because that's all you're doing. And, and see the impact that God has. And I think as a church, um, we are going to have an impact in this community. I think we already are. I think you'll agree with that. The Lord is working. The Lord is bringing people. Uh, and the Lord is changing people. Um, but that's because we're getting behind one another. And what I'm seeing in the church is, is partnerships. People who have just decided to back each other up and work with each other. In Sunday school, we've gone from Gemma leading all of it to three Sunday school groups, partners in each group working together. And it's made such a difference. It's fantastic. Uh, and think about all those extra relationships that are happening in the church because of that. Those people have got to work together. And what is God going to do? There's more encouragement. It's really exciting. You know, and we've, um, me, Mark, and, uh, and, and Simon were leading the church together, and, and Tim's come in. And, you know, that's changed things. Uh, and our challenge is to get behind him and say, look, Tim, we're going to support what, what we see the Lord is doing through you. You've got to lay your life down. It's part of, that's part of it. You know, and... Um, <clears throat> now, I do want to make the point that there is a biblical pattern that follows this. So if you think about the Bible, you think about all those who God really used, people that God really used, there was partnership involved. So let's, let's have a look. Who we got? Moses. Who did Moses have? That's right, he had Aaron. It was his brother. Moses was like, God, I can't do it. And, and he said, well, take Aaron with you. So Aaron, what did Aaron have, get to do? He had to go and speak to uh, Pharaoh on behalf of Moses, who couldn't talk very well. But Moses gets all the glory... And Aaron just has to go along to Pharaoh and maybe risk getting killed as well. You know, and, and what we see is this pattern of, of men and women who are willing to lay down their plans and their life for others and then God brings his glory through it. Okay, let's have a look. Um, <clears throat> Elijah and Elisha. Um, Elisha was younger. Uh, and really, Elijah was a bit more of a mentor, but there was a partnership there. Uh, and in response to Elijah's declaration that he was going to leave for Bethel, Elisha exclaims, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. Isn't that wonderful? I'm not going anywhere. And you know, when you get people in your life like that, oh, it makes such a difference, doesn't it? And maybe you've got a few people in your life like that and you would say, oh, they've been a real rock in my life. You know, even, even when things are upside down and it might be your mum, might be your dad, it might be someone else completely different, just a friend. But without those people, you feel like maybe I'd fall apart. And you know, the Lord is, is, is asking us to be those people. Um, Ruth and Naomi... 
I don't know if you remember that story. That's a mother-in-law story, that one. <laughs> now, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, uh, Ruth married one of Naomi's boys. And he died. And then all of Naomi's family, they, they, they were gone too. Everybody was gone. And um, they were living in the land where Ruth came from. Uh, and she could have just gone back to her family and she could have got another good marriage and continued with her life. Um, and Naomi said, look, don't worry about me. I'm going to be absolutely fine. I'll go, I'll go back to where I came from. The reality is she was old and even the travelling was tough. And even when she got back, she wouldn't have anyone to look after her. And it wasn't like today where she could go and get a job. You know, it didn't quite work like that back then. Um, you know, society wasn't the same, so it would be really tough. And Ruth said this, Ruth said this, Don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. She gave up her opportunity at a future to look after an old lady. You know, well, when the Lord gets hold of us, this is what happens. You know, and actually... You know, because she's done that, you know, her, her name's written in this book for the rest of eternity. <laughs> you know? Isn't that amazing? Um, <clears throat> I'll look at uh, a couple of other characters. Um, David and Jonathan. David and Jonathan? Wasn't Jonathan a fantastic character? I, spent, I wasted so much time reading up about Jonathan this last week. I'm not going to say much about him. But... He, he, he said he loved David like he loved himself. You know? And um, now, if you know, Jonathan's dad was the king, Saul. Uh, and David defeated Goliath. And everybody loved David except the king who wanted to kill him. Because he didn't want him to be the king. He didn't want David to be on the throne. He wanted to stay on the throne himself. And then he wanted his son, Jonathan, to be the next king. So he wanted to get rid of David. And, uh, but David, but Jonathan loved David. And so, uh, if you read the story, it's an amazing story, really, of, of friendship. Real friendship that costs. And um, Jonathan, it's like God, God shows Jonathan the anointing that is on David. And, and Jonathan isn't too proud to let David know. You know, he isn't too proud to say, oh, well, actually, it's my right to be the king. In fact, his dad Saul chases David all across the country and, and David is hiding in the forest. And um, <clears throat> do you know what? Jonathan leaves everybody and he goes and finds David in the forest and he says, David... I believe in you. He says he strengthens him in the Lord. He says something like that. And he prays with him and he says, I know you're going to be the next king. Uh, and he says, I'll make a pledge. I'll, I'll, you know, you look after my family and I'll look after yours. Well, you know when you're at your lowest point, you know, David had been chased for a long, long time uh, and he's hiding in a forest. You know, he's at a low, low point. And, and you need some, sometimes that person just comes who believes in you. When you start doubting yourself, 
You know, because we do doubt ourselves, don't we? We doubt ourselves. And we I, I don't know if God is calling me. I don't know if I should stick my neck up above the pulpit. I don't know if I have got any gifts. And do you know what? Our, our job in the church is to be in contact with God because when, when you're in contact with God, he shows you stuff. Uh, and you look at other people with these different eyes and you can see all the potential that's in them. And you can see how God is using them. Do you know what? Um, it's easier to recognise God in other people than it is in ourselves. Because we're so down on ourselves as people. You know, God won't use me. You know, and, and what we have to do, and this is a strength of the church, is we need to be going to people and saying, the Lord really wants to use you. I can see, look, when you, know, when you did Sunday school this week, you know, the kids loved it. They really listened. They learned about God. You know, and, and I know that because my kid came back and, and told me all about what you did. You know, we need to be those who are ready to encourage and ready to, to partner with other people and get behind them. Okay. I think I've blown enough steam now. <laughs> God loves you uh, and he wants to be in relationship with you above everything. Uh, and when that relationship's working well, he wants you to be in relationship with others just as much. To care for them, to love them, to partner with them. Um, and I, I just want you to think about this just for a moment or so. Am I really partnering with people? Or am I, am I my own ship sailing in my own direction and I'm the only captain? You know, because only you will know that. Not me, I can't, I can't, get, I can't see inside your head. Are you opening up to people? Or have you, have you backed off? Uh, are you willing to go the extra mile? Is the Lord calling you this morning? to step up? Is he calling you to, to support somebody and it's going to cost you something? Just remember that's where your impact and your joy is. Uh, it's in serving and partnering with others for the Lord above your own plans. Okay? Uh, I think I'll pray And maybe we can just have a time of response to what the Lord is saying. You know, if, if something's touched you this morning, uh, it could be any of it. Um, if the Lord is speaking something to you and it's got nothing to do with what I said, that's great. You know, and if you if you'd like to be prayed for, um, uh, then then um, maybe you can come up and uh, Tim and myself. And, can pray for you. Um, let's just take a few moments. Just say, Lord, what are you saying to me through this?